0: My largest obstacle is always self doubt. You have to just decide, I'm going to do this. And when people say, that's great work, you have to just say thank you and realize that you're doing something special.
1: First People's Fund presents the Collective Spirit Podcast. The Collective Spirit moves each of us to stand up and make a difference to pass on ancestral knowledge, and simply extend a hand of generosity. The Collective Spirit Podcast features Native artists and culture bearers who discuss the power of Indigenous art and culture.
0: Bonjour, my name is Carrie Moran McCleary, and I am joining you from Uh, Salaga lands. I am Little Shell Chippewa of Montana, Cree and Métis. I grew up in the Missoula area, which is in the western part of our state, but I've been here in Crow Country for 30 years. I've been sewing since I don't remember. We realized the other day, I don't really remember learning how to sew. I just always sewed because my mom and my aunties and grandmas all sewed. And I started beading my mom taught me to loom bead when I was probably around nine or ten years old and I, I loved it I was obsessed I was a little girl that just wanted to rep wherever I went I used to make myself hair ties and I'd, I'd have like and all these beads my mom would give me on them and I would just like I was wearing my hair ties and at the time we were living in Spokane Washington my family and one other kid everybody else was non-native at our school (laughs) I didn't care anyway so I just really had a love for the material culture of of our nation from a young age as I got older I was still doing that designing my own clothes beading on things making whatever I could for everyday wear I was interested in everyday wear and then when I became a mom suddenly I had to start making sure I had outfits for my kids and it really sort of turned my point of view in my beadwork but you you struggle for time as a parent and of course having a job as well so and we have livestock. So I have another part-time job taking care of our uh, place. When my daughter went to college, my youngest, I had the opportunity at the same time to leave my job and just try this full-time. And that's when I began to take it super seriously. First couple years, I really focused on my beadwork, but my friendship with Della Big Hair Stump, Designs by Della, Uh, really encouraged me. She really encouraged me because she knew how much I like to do fashion to start doing it uh, with my company. And that's when I started that up. I'm the number 10 of 11 children and I really enjoy recycling items. And I do that a lot with my beadwork and in my fashion work and with my dolls that I make. My mom and my grandma would make over everything before it got handed down so all of my clothes pretty much had gone through possibly five at least two people before me i did that with my own children so i think it's just a natural inclination that i have to see how to reuse something and not let it go to waste in my beadwork initially that started with i wanted to make something different in my jewelry but something fairly simple rather than, you know, full-on beaded sets. Quickly, the idea became that I was cutting up Western purses and belts that have tooled leather and using that as my centers. And I'd never seen anyone else do it. I still haven't really seen anybody else do it the way I do. I rarely see anyone even come close. My good friend rose williamson of lady pompadour is an amazing bead worker and businesswoman and always encouraged me and from the get-go she said oh my gosh you have got to keep doing those belt earrings those you got something keep doing those keep doing those so i would sell out and i kept making them because you know of her encouragement and i trust her sense of style and what she thought in that sense, I, I I upcycle in my beadwork. I thrift a lot, so I buy a lot of um, wool clothing if it's good quality wool, and I'll I'll reuse that in while I'm beading other larger pieces. And then in my fashion work, I use a lot of other clothing and upcycle it. it it's funny because it's really just my notion of what I grew up with, but it is. Quite the thing now, I for people they talk about fast fashion and how the fashion world can be very wasteful and very harmful to our environment. I'm so happy to to be a part of this experience. I did take the first people fund class in 2018. And I I was taught by John Isaiah Pepion, who's hilarious. That was the first time I met him. Super great supporter of other fellow Native artists and Robert Martinez in Crow Agency. And then I think the following year, my uh, brother-in-law, Ben Pease, was a fellow and that's a, a family we're pretty close to. So I was around it and I don't know, I just decided to seize the day and turn in the application. I was really trying to build a studio. I have been very blessed to have a 10 by 12 room in my house to work from. And I know so many people who just have their dining room table and you have to move everything off every time you put a meal on three times a day. And I did go through that when my kids were little, but my kids are grown and gone. So I had this room. But I honestly have grown out of it. I started doing classes, and I realized it seems like a virtual class you don't need any space for, but in truth, you do. So I wrote um, two, three grants this year, and I was really happy to receive this grant because um, not only does it come with financial aid, but it comes with a lot of mentorship and training, and that and that's so valuable and just a real feeling of community among previous and current recipients and i did receive another grant from the state of montana which has enabled me to this week i ordered my studio building so that is terrific uh, next month we'll be able to start uh, working on completing the shed that was really the catalyst was the the funding and the and the mentorship people want to express who they are and they are able to do that with what they wear. You know, a lot of people in my area sort of have a uniform where they get up in the morning and and they put on a pair of Wrangler pants and some boots, a Western snap shirt and a cap or a hat. And it's, it's almost like a uniform and it says, you know, this is who I am. I think there's a real movement among our people to really want to express their indigeneity and because the industry is so large there's room for everybody there really is there's so many niches when you think about the ready to wear that's available for anybody to hop online and design from so i hope more people are inspired by it and i hope more people see the opportunities it's neat to expand yourself into that area and i encourage everyone there's there's room for everybody at the table I actually started a ready-to-wear line. It's sort of a soft opening. It's already on plainsoul.com. I've been in business for five years, and we've done really well. But it was time to level up. And so the studio really does give us that opportunity. We'll have the retail area. The second prong of that was upping the space and the capability of my printing that's going to be really nice and that also gives me the opportunity to start hiring some local youth and then the third component is that we're actually going to be doing more virtual courses in some ways it's a community service to be able to educate people i have a beating circle we have about 15 participants a week so to see who we meet and who we get to disperse some education to But if I was really honest and I wanted to encourage young artists about full time art, I would say my largest obstacle is always self doubt. You have to just decide, I'm going to do this. And when people say, that's great work, you have to just say thank you and realize that you're doing something special. The art community here um, at Crow is really beautiful because everyone encourages each other and offers advice. Um, Like I said, Lady Pompadour was like, keep doing that leather thing. Keep doing that leather thing. And Designs by Della was like, okay, you're going to be in this show with me, right? And my very first photo shoot, she called me at 10 o'clock at night and said, I'm coming to your house tomorrow with four girls. We're doing a photo shoot. I'll tell you what we're going to do when we get there. Because she wanted to see me succeed. And I don't know, you know, you need that push sometimes to to trust in yourself and to have faith in yourself. And there's always 100% going to be people saying, you don't do it the right way as in whatever they believe is the native way or you don't do it well enough you know whatever there's haters there's always going to be a hater if you start having haters get a jacket it's a club we're all here that's probably my biggest obstacle i mean the finances it'll come it'll it'll work out keep pushing keep working Make sure that you make time for your art. It's easy to get caught up with. I need to go outside and, you know, do whatever chores are out there. I'm watching the grandkids. I need to, especially for women, you know, and women of a certain age like me who are taking care of parents as well as grandchildren in a house. Make sure you make time for it. And you're not going to get eight hours of sleep a night and you're not going to work five days a week. You're going to work nine days a week and you're gonna sleep, you know, maybe five hours a night sometimes or often or weekly. But if you wanna do something, you can do it. So that's the obstacle It's just keeping yourself in line. And I think as Native women, we wanna put everybody else first. Make sure you make time for yourself first.
1: Collective Spirit podcast is produced by First Peoples Fund, whose mission is to honor and support indigenous artists and culture bearers through grant-making initiatives, culturally rooted programming, and training and mentorship. Learn more at firstpeoplesfund.org.